Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Hey, guys. Back on time. Back on it. We're doing it. Yeah, wow. This episode's coming out at the correct time and date, I bet. I say that. I don't know. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. Life <laughs> life finds a way mm-hmm. to delay this one specific podcast. I don't know why life conspires the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's four there's dark forces at work here. Ooh, this is real heady. Well, no, it's like it's it's pretty conspiratorial. Oh. But if you follow the clues, look up <laughs> at this whiteboard here. You see the lines connecting the, I did actually get you a whiteboard. You did actually. So I could very easily look at a whiteboard right now. I use it for EtherC notes that I need to be able to just like look up at and mm-hmm. reference at the at my whims. Griffin also gets very nervous during live broadcasts that you can somehow see those notes in the reflection of his glasses. Yeah, and put together the whole arc. I've uh yeah well not the whole arc but like different sort of like beats that I want to not forget yeah yeah so yeah whenever I I think we did a live show where I wore ski goggles and I just took the whole whiteboard <laughs> down for that just in case there were some eagle-eyed viewers hey you have a small wonder I'm telling you you do um I'm gonna say just really get in a jump on the holidays um, yes that's not something I typically do but Easter's coming. Yes. And Easter is the same day this year as Griffin's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I decided to get a jump on Easter. Yes. Leaving me some time for to my really last focus minute. focus on my birthday. Birthday yeah. purchases. Henry has been inexplicably yes. stoked for Easter since like New Year's. Well, I think he realized that that was the next sanctioned holiday in which he would receive gifts. Presents, yes. And so he is focused on Easter. Little did he know that Nana and Gaga were going to give him the Griffin McRoy treatment on his brother's (laughs) birthday by giving him a sort of consolation gift. Yeah. So he did not feel totally left out. Fair. Which is, I would say, more egregious than when my parents did that for me because I had two brothers who had the same birthday. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like... You know, it wasn't babying you in any yes. way. It was well, an acknowledgement of the extreme circumstance. The unfairness of it all. Mm-hmm. But the precedent they've set, now they're going to have to get Gus stuff on Henry's birth. Like, where does it stop? You know? Where does it stop? Presents for everyone on Rosh Hashanah? Probably not. Participation trophies? All right. <laughs> God, can my small wonder be that Jeff Foxworthy in the year 2022 came out with a fucking participation trophy joke on his Netflix special and then got dragged to hell by the demon hands of the very mean and funny people on Twitter who were like, Jeffrey! Yeah. Jeff, Mr. Foxworthy, how? There should be an arena somewhere much like stadiums will retire jerseys where jokes are retired and raised and hung yes. from the rafters. Like, we're yes. not going to make this joke anymore. Only for things like participation trophy joke, it's like just a big toilet. And you <laughs> throw the joke in the toilet and you flush it down and it, you never have that to That way he anyone. has time to grieve, you know? He has time to move on and acknowledge. What he has time to do is write jokes. Because it's <laughs> been a minute, Mr. Yeah. Foxworthy. And you went into your, your cave and you lived a hermetic life. And we didn't see you for a bit. And then you came back like, back in my day, to get a trophy, we had to win. Jeffrey, really? <laughs> Are you sure, Jeffrey? Maybe it's like he didn't 
watch any stand like he wanted to be pure so he came out there and he was like i got him this time so how come kids these days like Uh uh-huh not only that but like you're the one who raised us jet like right (laughs) right you raised us we didn't give we didn't give the participation (laughs) daddy jeff to ourself jeff daddy jeff daddy jeff you were the one that made this choice you gave it to us jeff who goes first this week is it me that feels right, and I feel like I've been really on top of this lately. It does. It's you. It is. It's good. It's, it's me. The you. Uh, I talked about this last night with Rachel, and I'm 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 excited to talk about it here. It is. A, I'll warn everyone up top. It is a hockey thing, but it's a good one because I want to talk about goalie goals. <laughs> You know what? This could be a soccer thing too. I did not look this up. Oh, it's probably I bet it is. God, soccer fields are Although, so long, though, aren't they? Oh, it seems less likely with soccer. Because yeah, because ice, they, they ice really hands. gives you the advantage. Yes, too. that's fair. Okay, <laughs> what I am talking about is when goalies score goals, and it's a crime against sports and God and humanity, and I love it so much because I was wondering last night, like, has this happened? And you would think like the odds of that happening must be quite low because a hockey rink is, I think, 200 feet wide, uh, 180 feet from goal to goal. And that's a pretty long ways yeah. to shoot a Well, a and also there's a lot of conditions, right? Because usually there is a goalie in the other goal. Right, who will, <laughs> s- who if they do not stop a puck that they see coming at them from 180 <laughs> feet away, should not be working in professional sports, I, I would wager. Yes. Uh, so it has happened. In the history of the NHL, 12 goalies have scored 15 goals. Uh that's not many, right? When you consider how many games there are in a season yeah. across all the different teams and all the different sort of like divisions, uh, you know, probably tens of thousands of games. Uh, it's happened 15 times. And each time is just like a miracle and a fluke. Because in hockey, like scoring a goal as a non-goalie is super hard. Yes, yes, yes. It is a it is a low-scoring game, hockey is. Uh, and... You know, each each goal is like a very exciting, precious you should, gift. You should talk about the empty net, just in case we haven't addressed it. Yes. Yeah, so typically at the end of the game, uh, in the last few minutes, typically around like three, two to three minutes left in the game, uh, the team that is trailing, the team that is behind, can pull their goalie to get an extra attacker on the ice, essentially. And by pull, it means you take him out of you the net. You take him out of the net. So your net is empty, but... The other team has five players on the ice. You have six, right? Which is oftentimes, surprisingly often, enough to to work, right? Like you're essentially giving yourself a power play. But if the other team gets possession of the puck and can handle it for even a second, it can be an empty net goal. And that's that's pretty much game over at that point. Well, and here's the thing, too. So I don't know if this is necessary, but I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, So you've got your extra attacker on. Um, and if you shoot down towards the net and it doesn't make it, it will be considered icing. Right. And that will be, um, a situation where the puck comes back to your end and there's a face-off and face-offs can be really dangerous. Right. If you ice the puck, which means you hit it way too far down the ice in a way that could not be conceivably considered a pass, uh, 
they put the puck right next to your goal, essentially. And so it's people usually dangerous. don't take that shot. They don't right. take the shot from the other end of the net unless they're pretty sure they can make it. And there are a handful of mad lads who have done <laughs> this exact thing from the opposing net. And if, like, I'm not one to watch classic sports clips or anything on <laughs> yeah. YouTube, but last night I watched all of the goalie goals that have happened in the history of the NHL. And it is so good because it's always the hardest I've ever seen anyone celebrate. <laughs> like being a goalie is so stressful. Uh-huh. It's so stressful. You are the linchpin for your team. Like you, if you have a amazing game, your team will win because they can't score. on Yeah. You. And, and if you have a bad night, that's it. Like that's there are it. so many players out there who like maybe don't have a great night and they don't see a lot of ice time because the coach is like, get out of there. Yeah. You're, you're doing terrible, but you can't yeah. do that often with the goalie. Jordan Bennington has been like the star boy of the St. Louis blues. Cause he was the goaltender in the 2019 season when they won the Stanley cup. Yeah. He was a fucking demon. But he's been a little bit off his game this season, and so they've been putting in uh, Ville Husso in there, who mm-hmm. has now become sort of the star boy, and it's been really kind of like wild to see that happen. Anyway, okay, so uh, there's actually two ways that goalies earn goals. I know I said that there were 15 uh, goalie goals yeah, that have happened. Yeah. The two ways that it can happen are equally unlikely. The first is a goalie shoots a shot. 180 feet across the ice into <laughs> yeah. a six foot wide aperture. Nobody stops without it. touching another play, any yeah. of the other 10 players on the or 11 players on the ice and getting it in the goal, right? The other way is if the opposing team scores an own goal, which is, you know, pretty easy to figure out. They hit the puck into their own goal. Yeah. If the if your goalie was the last of your players to touch it, that goalie is awarded the goal. Yeah. Goalies get a fair amount of assists. Like that's true. Like you know, if the goalie hands it off to a player and that player makes it to the other end and scores, he gets an assist. He gets an assist, right. Which is a lot more likely than actually scoring the goal himself. Then those two things, right? Yeah. A goalie scoring a shot on goal or an own goal happening where the your team's goalie was the last one to touch it are so equally unlikely. Yeah. In fact, so equal that uh, out of all 15 goalie goals, eight have been shots on goal and seven have been due to to own goals, right? Uh, and it's always fun to see them get the own goal goal because they're like, oh, how novel. The eight like goals, shots on goal that goalies have scored are so fucking dope. The first one to do it was Ron Hextall for the Philadelphia Flyers, who's the goalie, goalie for the Flyers on December 8th, 1987. The Flyers were up by two goals. They had the game in the bag, essentially. So Ron Hextall was like, I'm going to have some fun with it. And so he sent this shot sailing well over everyone's heads, which is typically how goalies do score yeah. because how do you dodge 11 players you shoot it over them and still somehow manage to get it right in the center of the net and ron hextall popped the fuck off then this absolute beast did that shit again the following season <laughs> in uh, a game against the washington capitals it ended up being an eight to five game which is a bonkers hockey score and it was a playoff game wow. ron hextall did it in the playoffs <laughs> he's one of two goalies to score multiple goals the other leader in the field is uh new jersey devils goaltender martin brodeur who has three Martin. Goals. Martin. Martin. Martin Brodeur. C'est Francais. C'est Francais. <laughs> uh, uh, my apologies. Uh, so he had two pretty humiliating like own goals from the other team that he got to chalk up. But the one that he did score, it, it, the man, I've never seen a goalie jump 
<laughs> but he scores this shot on this miracle <laughs> shot on goal and gets like four feet off the ground in celebration. He, he is like a real happy goaltender in general. Like he just seems to be having a great time. And so to see him celebrate scoring a goal is is just such a treat. And it like since then, like it never happens. There was, I think, one in the 2013 season and then one didn't happen for seven years. I forget who did in the 2020 season a goalie sh- scored with a shot on goal. But it's like so well, and it's like as the aforementioned icing thing. It's you're really kind of potentially putting yourself in a bad situation because if you miss, you just brought a face off back to your end, and you could potentially lose the lead. It's so (laughs) dumb, right? Like it shouldn't ever, ever, ever happen. Yes. So, like, you might wonder why do do goalies ever just like charge, right? There's this thing called a, a, a delayed penalty, right? Where if the opposing team does a penalty with you know by you know hooking or tripping another player or doing anything uh but the team that was fouled has possession of the puck they don't stop play right away they let you keep going yeah. until the other team uh gets a hold of it and then they stop play and do the power play and all that jazz so like you might think like can't a goalie just charge with the puck and like try to score on like a del- Actually, uh, the answer to that is no, because in 1967, uh, the goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, a guy named Gary Smith, attempted that, and he got knocked the fuck out by a defenseman, (laughs) which, like, goalie injuries are bad news bears. It's a reason why, like, if an opposing player, like, comes after your goalie a little bit too hard, you will usually see a fight. Because teams are very, very, very defensive of their goalies. Well, because usually, yeah, usually your team, you've only got like a goalie and a backup goalie. Yes. And there's maybe a third guy there, but he never sees the the ice. Well, during (laughs) the the COVID times, uh, the Blues had to put in a few uh, like beer league players who actually did pretty good. Uh, So, yeah, the NHL instituted a rule that goalies can't cross the center line with the puck. I uh, have a dream. uh, And and get ready, guys. Yeah. That in the the All Star break where they bring all the best players together, yeah, they would do just a game with just a bunch of goalies in full goalie uniform oh, playing boy. all positions, and it would just be the best thing to watch. It would be the best thing to watch. It would never happen in a million years. <laughs> There's so much pressure, so many beautiful Fabergé eggs, I know, just slip sliding around. Um, that's that's all I've got. It's like seriously, watch some clips. Watch the Martin Brodeur clip of him <laughs> scoring that goal because, like, it's always fun to watch somebody, like, pop off, I feel like, yeah. in, in, in sports when it's, like, uh, I don't know, pure and wholesome. And yeah. goalie goal celebrations are so wholesome because they should not happen ever. Well, they probably haven't prepared a celebration. No. You know, I have to imagine some hockey players have like signature celebrations, and I don't imagine a goalie has one. <laughs> no, that's why Martin Brodeur just kind of like <laughs> jumped <"Yay>, up. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis, um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible! That's um there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow. background. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderful pod to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got a couple Dumbo Pops here and this first one's for Amy and it is from Jay who says, Amy, if you hear this message, it means I wanted the world of podcasting to know how excited I am about our upcoming baby boy. We may be a little anxious, but I think we're going to kick butt at raising this kid. I love you. I love our new family, and I love this show too. Even if they like the blues too much, go stars. From your soulmate and BFF, Jay. Boo! <laughs> you like different sports guys than us. Yeah. So that means we hate you. Oh. That's right. Thanks for the sweet message. <laughs> Can I read the next one? Yes. This message is for Chase. It is from Reagan. I bet you were wondering why I made you listen to this random episode. Well, it's to show how much I love you. You're my best friend and our status as platonic soulmates was confirmed when we re-entered our Star Wars phases at the same time and agreed that Mando and Luke should kiss. So what does that mean? That the Mandalorian... Or the Mandalorian's a, an individual? Yeah, 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 yeah. I always thought it was like a, a ship, a planet or a ship. Well, I mean, Mandalore is the planet that the Mandalorians come from. And I think but I'm thinking of DeLorean from Back to the Future. You may be thinking of that. That's okay, though. You don't need to. Here's the thing. You don't need to know it. <laughs> it's so not useful to anything that will ever happen in your life. Except for, I guess, this exact Right moment. now. Can I read the lessons? Yes. Thanks for letting me drag you into Taz and being the taco to my loop. You love to hear that. We always say, drag them kicking and screaming into the automobile <laughs> where our podcasts are playing. Lock the doors from the inside out. 
Yeah. There's no escape. We don't say recommend it to a friend. We said force a friend. Force a friend. To listen to a McElroy product. To join the the experience. (laughs) Hey, were you a reader as a kid? Like maybe you read a lot of fantasy novels. Or horse girl books. We know how it is. But now you're an adult and you miss reading. You're so busy that you can't figure out how to get back into books. We're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. Yeah, we'll give you advice to figure out what books you love or learn to stop reading books you don't even like. We're really big proponents of dumping that book. Dump that book. But most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. All right, I want to give you a hint for my wonderful topic. Okay, okay. Maybe a couple hints. Okay, okay. Depending on how fun this is. Yes. Okay, the first hint is, y'all ready for this? Is it Chalk Champs? Yes. That Babe. was incredible. What? <laughs> you you said the most iconic line from the most iconic Chalk Champs song. It would be like, I want to talk about something. You want a little hint? Hey, Jude. <laughs> it, I could have been talking about the band. That sang that song. Tell me the name of that band. <laughs> Is that CNC Music Factory? Y'all ready for this? Or Quad City DJs? That's Quad City DJs. You don't have to look it up. It's Quad City DJs. It is not. <gasps> Two Unlimited. Two Unlimited. So what did Quad City Quad City DJs did the Space Jam? They did theme. the and the Ride the Train. Yes, man, what a good era. What a good era for music. <laughs> what a great time in our lives. Damn, quite a sporty episode we've woven together. Yeah, I here. know. This one's for the real sportos. Yeah. All right, tell me about Jock Jams. Jock Jams. Okay, so if you were a 90s kid, <laughs> um, you probably have a like an intimate connection to Jock Jams. For me, it was at my dance classes, we would mm. do like a little warm-up stretch and we would always listen to the Jock Jams. Yeah. Uh, cheerleaders did a lot of the jock jams. I imagine if you were an athlete, I was not. Maybe you listened to the jock jams as like a pump up. Yeah. Do you have a jock jams? Lost my virginity jock jams. (laughs) It's actually the Mortal Kombat film theme song. I don't know if that is, if you would call that a jock jam. Uh I feel like you could. Because it had that like, dun, 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 dun. You know that one? No, I'm sorry. It was Darude's Sandstorm is what it, <laughs> what a special engagement that was. You remember, babe. It was uh, 10 years ago, a uh, very special night here in Austin. Oh, and we were it listening is, to Jack uh, because weird. you saved yourself. I saved myself mm-hmm. for pre-marriage. <laughs> Anyway, Jock Jams. Do you have a connection to Jock Jams, though? Seriously? I mean, yeah, duh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Like, I've, we went roller skating on a sort of bi-weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, for, like, different birthday parties and middle school events. And, like, the lazy-ass DJ would just put on the Jock Jam CD and, like, go smoke a bowl out in the <laughs> parking lot. Yeah, let me tell you, Jock Jams Volume 1 came out in 1995. It included, whoop, there it is, oh. Tootsie Roll. Yes! Come, baby, come. Oh. Going to make you sweat. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature. Yes. Uh, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. Oh, my 
god. Right? Aren't these all uh, They're all all of them are great. Unbelievable by EMF. Oh my god. Right. So, I mentioned naughty by nature and that is actually not a coincidence. So, this idea for Jock Jams came from the president Monica Lynch at Tommy Boy Records, which was a label that worked with De La Soul, Coolio, Africa Bambada, Queen Latifah, RuPaul, Digital Underground, House of Pain, and Naughty by Nature. Fuck yes. I don't think I ever realized those were all on the same label. So Monica Lynch was attending Knicks games at Madison Square Garden and noticed like they're playing the same songs over and over again. Ben Midler. Um, <laughs> Celine Dion. Dion to guess who. <laughs> Uh, and thought, like, wouldn't it be great we put an album together, a lot of these artists, because uh, it's pretty profitable. Like, you don't have to, like, launch a new artist. You don't have to sign or develop or record. You sure. just got, you know. And her thought was, if they're playing these at sporting events, they must not be too difficult to license, you know. This is not an exaggeration. This may be the greatest idea of all time. <laughs> I know. Because well, it was a new concept. So if you read about it, the idea of listening to pump-up jams was not really a thing people were doing because at the time, if you wanted an artist's song, you would buy the single right? or you would have to buy the whole album. Yeah. And putting all those together was kind of an expensive process for somebody um, that didn't have, you know, like a CD burner, right? You know, yeah, or or a way to, you know, put that together themselves, and to plant a flag and to say this is sports music, yeah. <laughs> and have that be so impactful that to this day, that's still sports music. Like they're still playing. No, and that's part of the problem, right? For jock jams, their success kind of dwindled after a few albums because arenas are still playing those. Yeah, songs. they were like, we don't need any more jock jams. Thank you. We have a lot of great jock jams. Uh, so part of the success was also that uh, this record label partnered with ESPN to mm. promote the album. So they did television ads yeah. on ESPN. I remember So they those. like went straight to their audience and mm -hmm. said like, hey, you know how you love these pump up jams? Now you can get them in one place. God almighty. You know. It was a good time, wasn't it? You know. So at the time when Jock Jams was at its peak, it was providing about 30% of the label's income. That's which a is lot. incredible. Yeah, I know. It's, it's For a compilation scene. That's like, if like, now that's what I call music, is uh -huh. Columbia Records topper. Well, that might be true too, actually. I don't know. I don't know what label does now that's what I call music. So there was a Jock Jams Volume 1. Volume 2 came out in 96. Volume 3, 97. Uh, they did some uh, additional ones. Volume 4. Um, I bet I can guess what the next one's called. I don't know. Is it volume five? <laughs> well, I don't know that they did a volume five. Hold on. Let wow. me check. Whoa. Yeah. No, volume five was the last one. And then that was in 99. And then in 2001, they did the all-star jock jams. Wow. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, part of the problem, as I mentioned, arenas kept using the same music. Also, Napster. In 2001, Napster came out and everybody could make their own mix CD. Yeah, Done. I guess that sort of sweeps it's the over. legs out of the mixed CD <laughs> economy. Um, but I will also say, not just for jocks, as, as I mentioned, a lot of you know people were exercising. They wanted some pump-up music in their disc, man. Yes. Jock Jams was for you. I just like the idea of the CNC Music Factory coming down from the mount with th these four tablets 
and just saying these are sp- this is sports music. <laughs> this is sports music. Everyone, listen, listen up, and party and dunk. Are you curious about the very last Jack Jams? You'll when see. Did it, a- what year did it come out? Two thousand, uh, two thousand, or two thousand nineteen ninety nine? Actually, nineteen ninety nine. Good yes. Lord Almighty! Didn't even clear the millennium. So here's you'll see a, a real change. Okay, uh, Ray of Light by Madonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's got a it's got a beat you could dance to. It does. It does. Um, not maybe not a hook you can dunk to though. All I Have to Give by Backstreet Boys. No, what? We like to party by the Venga Boys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is that uh, the Yeah, that's the I only know that cuz the chorus goes, "We like to party." Exactly. Uh I will say the the most successful one was uh volume 2. Okay. And they think a large portion of that success was because Macarena was on it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, people probably didn't know where to get Macarena. I mean, I don't know if you ever bought singles. Sure. But that was like a real thing was that you kind of you would look at the album, you would see that the only song you recognized on it uh, was the only song you really wanted to listen to. And you could get a single for like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, like half the price. Uh, But you purchase Jock Jams. You get all the you can get the Macarena. I mean, I Um, had several. Now that's what I call music for this exact for this exact reason. Um, And, you know, you could also get. This is how we do it by Montel Jordan on that oh, same album. It is how we do it, Montel. <laughs> how wild! This is such a thank you for bringing this You're welcome. because it has not sunk into me until this very moment that in the last decade of of that millennium, we figured out what all the sports music was going to be for the rest of for time. the rest of time. That's and the thing. have not. T- I mean, Sandstorm. Has joined the Pantheon, and I'm pretty sure that came out. I don't know when Darude did his work. Uh, I would be hard-pressed to think of maybe Cotton Eye Joe. But for all I know, that was on one of the jock jams. I will say, and I don't know if this is true at all, um, hockey arenas, but the Blues still play right now by Van Halen at the beginning of the game when they're like all coming out mm-hmm. to like you know warm up before the game starts. And I'm like... Still, yeah, Van Halen. They should come out to Gloria. How God, I miss Gloria. I know it was like yeah. the one season thing, but maybe a superstition of like you don't you don't ride the back of a previous song into the new. But they haven't done as good <laughs> since they got rid of it. They haven't done as good. It's like the opposite of a superstition. Anyway, they can't not win the 2019 Stanley Cup. They already did it. You know what I mean? So what's there to be superstitious about? What's the worst that could happen, guys? I mean... They could fall out of playoff contention. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you so much. And it would be entirely the fault of the song. (laughs) And me for suggesting. Um, Thank you to Bowen and Augustus. Thank you. Speaking of jock jams, for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. I could ball to that. Yeah. Uh, You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. So much great stuff over at MaximumFun.org that you should go listen to and have fun with. Should I list off a couple? It's been a while. Yeah, sure. Uh, we've got Beef and Dairy Network. Yeah, we do. We've got Fanti. Yeah, we do. Flophouse. Yeah, we do. Uh, JV Club. Yeah, we do. Many, many more. Many, many, many more. Uh, we have merch over at McElroyMerch.com. Hey, we're going to be on tour in St. Louis, Kansas City, and Minneapolis here in just a little bit, April 20th through the 23rd. And you can find, uh, tickets and links and everything 
at the McElroy.family. Please come I, see us. I am so excited about the St. Louis show. I know. I'm yeah. getting to live the dream of so many people in that I get to go to my hometown. Yeah. And I get to walk out on stage. It's pretty sick. And hopefully, fingers crossed, people will clap. Yes. And I would like you to be there to clap. Please and be I'm there and clap. I'm speaking to you, the listener that has not yet purchased You're thinking someone else will go and clap for you. No. Be the change. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Thank you all so much. I had a lot of fun today. I had a lot of fun talking about sports with you today. I know. You think we alienated a lot of our listeners? No, because it's not. We talked about fun sports. We talked about party music to do sports to and silly, silly. Crazy sports uh, bloopers. Sports bloopers, essentially, (laughs) but positive sports. Sports bloopers that have a positive impact on your life. Mm -hmm. That's the new description of this podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.